You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to an episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm going to fare by writer for Pittsburgh Source Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, on today's episode of Locked On Pit, we will continue our Peach Bowl breakdown. And folks, we are talking about Peyton Thorne and the Michigan State offense today what they can bring to the table how they can attack Pitt's defense overall also we'll talk about Pitt's defense at large how can they replace Damari Mathis who will step up should you be confident in them we'll talk about that coming up here on Locked on Pitt What is up, folks? Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. Folks, really appreciate it. As always, leave feedback. Do all of that great stuff. Let me know what you want me to talk about. All of that good stuff, folks. I am here for it. And folks, today's episode of Locked On Pit is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Now, folks, we do need to talk a little bit about this Michigan State offense because there's one obvious void that they're going to be missing, and then there's another obvious thing that they're going to have a strength at. And we haven't really seen them kind of go full mode with this because they've leaned on Kenneth Walker so much this year. And and without Kenneth Walker, their offense changes. Like, obviously it changes. There's no Kenneth Walker. So you're, theoretically, and it's theoretically, doesn't mean they will, but theoretically, you would go much less on your running game. Like, why would you, why would you feature the running game if your best player is not there? Your best players are honestly in your passing game at this point. And and that's what I want to talk to, because I think Pitt fans kind of get this, I don't want to say this, I don't want to say it's a mirage, but to a degree, it can be a barrage, right? I think that Pitt fans sometimes get overconfident in saying, wow, that offense was just Kenneth Walker. It was definitely not just Kenneth Walker. You know, this team can pass the football. Like, the, their passing offense is very efficient. It's very good. And it's led by Peyton Thorne. A really, in my opinion, impressive quarterback who's put up a lot of good numbers this year. Now, Peyton Thorne's a guy... That when you look at, at his game overall, and this is a guy that's accurate, he's he's young, so he can get a little rattled by pressure. But let's just talk about it. He's got good accuracy. He's got a guy that can hit you at all three levels of the football field. He trusts his receivers to make plays in man coverage. That's big in this game. We'll certainly talk about that. But he's also a guy that's mobile enough to make things happen with his legs. He's a guy that's tough. He'll stand in there. I think sometimes when you look at his pocket presence, he gets a little bit too antsy. And he can hold the ball, freeze, become a statue at times, or or make bad plays or decisions when you get pressure on him. So I think pressure is going to be a big thing in this game. Now you look at, at kind of what he's had over the last few games. 
and and, and just kind of visualize what what this has done. Over his last seven games, he's thrown an interception. Six of them, the only one he didn't throw a pick in was against Ohio State. That was 14 of 36, a 39% completion percentage. That was easily his worst game of the year. That entire game was terrible for Michigan State. They were awful across the board. But he's thrown a pick in every other game in, in that stretch against Rutgers, Indiana, Michigan, Purdue, Maryland, Penn State, two against Indiana, and two against Michigan. So he's been prone to throwing picks recently. And that's the thing. Pitt has opportun- is going to have opportunities here because Thorne knows he has a solid arm because he does have a pretty solid arm, right? This is a guy that, that has solid arm strength. He can push it down the field. He's got good velocity. He's kind of got all these ingredients that, that, that are swirling around when you look at good quarterback play, and he has them. But he will test his arm against these tight windows, against these deep fades, and if you're in position, you can make big plays against him. So Peyton Thorne, a good quarterback, a, a decisive quarterback, a mobile quarterback that can make things happen, but also a guy that's prone to picks and makes some bad decisions at times. His processing can be off. You know, Pitt took Sam Hartman right out of his game by mixing up the coverages they they used. I wonder how much they're going to do that in this game because they didn't play just straight quarters and, and straight you know, press man against Wake. They did that for a little bit, obviously, but then they adjusted, and, and they got pressure on him. And you can get pressure on Peyton Thorne. It, it, teams have been able to do that when you have good D-line talent. And boy, Pitt has D-line talent. Trust me, between Baldonado, Cansey, Morgan, Camp, all of these guys, Pitt's going to have enough to where I think they're going to be able to get decent pressure on Peyton Thorne throughout this game, at least to a degree. You can potentially rattle him. But he's an accurate quarterback. He's a decisive quarterback. He's shown the ability to make big throws and tight windows, NFL throws even, great throws. He's a good quarterback, and Pitt can't underestimate him because he's also got two really good receivers. Two really good receivers, Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. And, you know, people will talk about Reed, I think, as the big guy. Uh, Jaden Reed is a really talented football player. And, and I think people kind of overestimate what Kenneth Walker meant to the offense in some ways. Because this dude, Jaden Reed, was huge for them. A big play machine, made a ton of big play catches. And the other guy that was big for them was Jalen Naylor. Speedy Naylor, as they call him. He was injured, man. He was on a tear before he got hurt. Naylor's a speedy guy, and if you can't keep up with him, you can give up really big plays to him. And that's scary for Pitt. I think Pitt, you know, against a true speedy threat, they haven't faced many true speed threats that are just burners. And guys that have been burners like that, I'm talking the Charleston Rambos of the world, right? I'm talking the Dontavian Wicks. Um, you know, just, just thinking of guys like that. Sky Moore, these guys can fly. They've kind of beat Pitt pretty bad this year. So when you have guys that can fly, Jalen Naylor is someone to watch. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but it sounds like he's going to play. And if he plays, Pitt's going to have to watch out. You know, there are some other complimentary guys that have made some plays throughout this this offense. Trey Mosley, Connor Hayward, um, Foster, Tyler Hunt. You know, there are some guys that have made plays, but it's really been Reed and Naylor. And, and those are the two, I think, that you have to watch very carefully. 
Reed's a jump ball guy. Again, he's a bit of a bigger guy that can go up and get it. Jaden Reed is a guy that's smooth, can work inside, outside, but Naylor's just decisively big-time player, a big-time speed threat on the outside. And if Pitt's not... Pitt's not if Pitt's not up to it, and trust me, Pitt does have secondary speed to match Naylor's speed, but if Pitt's not up to it, Peyton Thorne and Naylor are gonna kill them down the field. And and let's be real on that. You know, and, and Jaden Reed is a guy that's come on huge recently. Absolutely huge for them. Having a big game against Penn State, a big touchdown on a fourth and thinks fifteen, had a hundred yard game against Maryland. These are good football players. So Pitt's going to have guys to contend with, a solid receiving core, a good quarterback, a team that has proven to be able to throw the football around when they want to, and a team that has proven to also be able to generate yak. So this is a team that Pitt's going to have to to dice down on. So we're going to talk about maybe, okay, without Damari Mathis, can Pitt actually stop them? We will talk about that. But first, folks, we'll go to a quick break. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast and folks listen i tell you this every day but you guys need to check out the college football playoff preview 2021 local experts betting advice and draft analysis the most comprehensive college football playoff preview in the world in the land folks i have a peach bowl preview over there with matt sheehan of locked on Spartans. make sure to check it out it's great stuff, folks. We give a preview, overall predictions even. We give it all. So make sure to check it out. And folks, listen. Pitt, Michigan State. It's a battle in that passing game because this is going to be, I think, one where Michigan State airs it out. And I don't think they're going to have a, an issue airing it out because I, I think they trust Peyton Thorne. He's had big moments, man, in big games where – he, where you look at, at the ice in his veins, when they were down 30-14 to 14 and it was 4th and 4 and he hits Jaden Reed on a big throw, a slot fade, and puts it right in the bucket. Big plays like that, that that make you say, man, this guy can can make real big plays. And he's made some real big throws, real big gutsy plays. When, when the big moment arises, so does he. The 4th and 15 against Penn State when they're up 3 for a touchdown. When he, the big moment arises, he has... But Pitt's corners have also seemed to do that a lot, right? MJ Devonshire's pick, for example. Uh, they stepped up in a huge, just, it wasn't a moment. It was a, the entire rest of the game against Wake Forest. And, and so the, these guys have been able to step up too. But when you look at Pitt overall, without Damari Mathis, they're going to be losing a very, very good cover corner. Maybe their best pure cover corner that you could that you could trust. He's been decent this year. You know, I'm not going to say he's been all world or anything. I don't think he's been good as good as he was in 2019, but he's been solid this year. But he got hurt against Wake, and and he's he's out. He's going to that FL, and he's prepping for that. So obviously that means more AJ Woods and more MJ Devonshire. And so with that in mind, you have to look at. Kind of, well, first of all, how have these guys been playing? Two, can you trust them against guys like Naylor and Reed? And three, is there another guy that can step into that rotation, even this late in the year, that maybe they trust? So, 
Pitt overall, I think you have to trust Marquez Williams. You know, Marquez Williams is a guy that, yeah, for all, he's small. I understand that. Guy's really small. He's listed at 5'9". He might be smaller than that, man. Like, he's very tiny. But he's feisty. He's fluid. He's a guy that always fights at the catch point. Has made some really good plays. Completely destroys the screen game. And that's big in this one. Because Michigan State does like to get their guys in space and get some screen game going. This one is, is going to be solid for Marquez Williams. He destroys screen plays. You cannot run screens to Marquez Williams' side. It just hasn't been a thing all year. He's been phenomenal against that. So, if there's one thing that you look at and you say, yes, that is really, really very encouraging for Marquez Williams, right here is that. Now, they're going to target him. I'm certain Reed is, is six foot, but, man, he plays bigger than he is. He plays like, see, he, like he's 6'3", and they're going to try and target him. But he's seen, but you know Marquez Williams has seen guys like A.T. Perry, for example, and, and he shut him down. You know, it was overall, they switched him over onto A.T. Perry after the, the first quarter, and, and he did a great job. And he's able to be physical and, and able to dic- dictate the point, even in press. Marquez Williams is a guy that has great ball skills as well. He's a good player. So so you look at that, you feel comfortable. And recently, MJ Devonshire has been playing his mind off. And, and so ha- and, and I don't want, I don't want to say he's been playing his mind off, but AJ Woods has also been playing pretty well. So these two guys have been coming on strong recently. Devonshire's gotten better and better the more comfortable he's got, the more reps he's got. It's been a really 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 impressive performances that he's put up. And so MJ Devonshire, he looks like a guy that that just knows what to do with his eyes. He has great eyes for the position. He anticipates route concepts. He reads the receiver's hips well. He's not deceived very often. Even on double moves, you can see him. He doesn't bite very often. He and we saw that a ton because, man, on the RPO game that Wake Forest runs, they run a ton of double moves off that. When you kind of step up with your heels and you start creeping up on the back of your heels and you start playing that RPO and playing downhill, they'll hit you behind. And they try to do that with Devonshire 20 million times and he just didn't fall for it. He has great eyes, disciplined eyes, keeping it on his receiver. Very solid ball skills. I like what MJ Devonshire's done. And AJ Woods is a guy that's a track star and this is the guy that can maybe match Jalen Naylor. You know, speed for speed because of his track star ability. And, and Devonshire's fast too. So th- th- those are two fast guys that can keep up with Naylor. So Pitt has the speed on the outside here to get after it. Now, can you see another guy step in there? Because also, let's be real, and kind of what Michigan State runs, they run a lot of slot phase. They run a lot of these phase down the side. And so they've seen stuff like this. They run a lot of stuff like this. They rep this a lot. So Pitt's not going to have just an easy time where they can essentially drift into things and say, okay, this is a team that we're going to try and force out of their comfort zone. They run double moves. They run routes that create traffic. You know, they run these now routes that Miami ran, for example, out of the slot. They can put Naylor in the slot, run those now routes, see if he can make something happen. They put Reed there. They put Mosley there. Like, they put all these guys there. They put Connor Hayward there as a big bowling ball, or he'll put him as lead blocker. So these these are guys that, that you have to worry about. And you have to worry about the crossers especially. 
This this is an offense that really loves deep over routes. Uh, mesh, they love to create traffic out of bunch sets as well. They love to do stuff like that where you, they force you to communicate. And so when you're pit playing in man coverage like that, you have to be very careful. Now, I, I do wonder how much they kind of adjust their scheme to pit because it, it does make sense that they would run things out of the slot a little bit more. You know, chart, maybe attack Eric Hallett, attack Brandon Hill, P.J. O'Brien if he plays, you know, Rashad Battle if he plays. Maybe they want to try and stress those guys with Jalen Naylor, for example. I think that would be a very smart idea for them. But you look at that, they haven't done that a ton this year. When he's played, he's been mostly to Z and he's been on the outside. So Naylor in the slot could be something that Pitt needs to prepare for and maybe needs to see coming. And I think it would be smart of Michigan State to put him there, but it's not necessarily a guarantee. Now, I I talked about, could someone else come in? You know, this has been a a rotation of four on the boundary and field corners uh, all season. On the outside cornerbacks, you have seen four guys play. It's been Devonshire, Mathis, Williams, Woods. Could there be a fourth guy there? You know, could Khalil Anderson play? Noah Biglow? Um, someone like that. I, I think it's possible, but on such a big stage, you wonder how much they want to throw the young guys into the fire. This is essentially a glorified exhibition game in, in, in some ways, right? It is. So if there is a game where you want to get your guys maybe high-end exposure, this could be a great game for a guy like Khalil Anderson, who you expect next year in the spring and in the summer to come in and potentially get a starting job or at least compete for a rotational spot. You know, Noah Biglow, who they've talked about so much. Tamarian Crumpley, who they've talked about a, a lot. These young corners that they've really hyped up to a degree. These are guys that can come in and potentially get you big, big, big moments and, and quality reps. And I think that would not be a bad idea, especially a guy like Khalil Anderson. The guy looks yoked. He's played a little bit on special teams this year and hasn't played the full four games. And so he will not burn a red shirt. None of those guys will burn a red shirt if they play in this game. Which gives you more added incentive, I think, because you can get them experience while not burning that red shirt, and you can potentially build something heading into 2022. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a little bit of Anderson or Biglow or whoever it might be, but obviously those core three, I think, are the big ones to watch. And I think Pitt has a chance to match up against them, but again, the speed of Naylor and, and kind of the, the overall savviness of Reed and his, throughout his route running, how big he plays and, and how much experience and how good he is at the combat catches, it's going to present problems for Pitt, even if these guys are playing as well as they do. So let's not overlook that. Now, folks, let's talk a little bit about overall the schematic plan of what I think this Michigan Michigan State offense is going to bring. At the very least, what they can run against Pitt's uh, defense and, and we talked a little bit about it, but I want to talk a little bit more about the intricacies of it all. However, for folks, first I want to let you know about BetOnline.ag. BetOnline has you covered this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues. It's March through the college bowl season and the pro football playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Again, that's our promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC 
right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new offers available. BetOnline, where the game starts. Alright folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. And as as I talked about, I want to talk a little bit about kind of Michigan State schematically. We touched a little bit on it, but there are, are kind of deeper roots to it. When, when you look at kind of what they actually run and, and overall what they try to do. Now, the basic things. They have those those slot fades and, and all of that stuff, and, and they do attack down the field a lot. And they really like to attack that because when they get man covers, they trust Peyton Thorne to make those throws. And that's somewhat of an important aspect of this. So when you look at it overall, you're going to see those. You're going to see the now routes. You're going to see that quick hitter, that that bubble screen, because these guys can block out in front. And they have quality blockers. Guys like Connor Hayward. Guys like Trey Mosley. Jaden Reed's a pretty good blocker himself, to be quite honest with you. So when you look at stuff like that, you're you're gonna see that stuff. And and trust me when I say this, this is it's not it's not a crazy offense. You know, it's it's nothing that would say, boy, this is wild. This is innovative. You've seen all this stuff somewhere else before, and that's the thing. You've seen it all before. Jay Johnson is a very solid off the uh, offensive coordinator. Very solid. He's a guy that's been around the block. He's been in Colorado. He's been in Minnesota. He's been at Louisiana Lafayette. He's been at Southern Miss. This guy has really been around the block. And so Jay Johnson, he's not bringing anything crazy. He's bringing a ton of influences, though. And and he's a guy that all, all that you see is he's a guy that brings in things that, that are solid for game plan. So he gives you a lot of different things to what you can do. He gives you those screens. He gives you those bunch sets. He gives you a lot of empty looks. They like to do a lot of empty looks. And and that's something that what you look at. Read option plays is certainly something that you'll see a lot of. Because Jay Johnson likes misdirection, so he'll use motion when needed. And, and that's the thing. You know, this is, this is a guy that likes to use a lot of 11 personnel. You'll see it a lot. They run it about 60% of the time. Then at times, they run two running backs. So they'll run a lot of 21 personnel. They'll run some 12 personnel. And, and I think that, you know, they valued the tight end position in this offense. They use it a lot between a, a pseudo H-back role and, and between kind of busting up the seams and all this. They use their tight ends a lot. But this tight 21 personnel, we'll see how a lot of it kind of works. Without They ran a lot with Kenneth Walker. But the question is, when you don't have Kenneth Walker there, how much are you really going to use two running backs? Because the thing is, Michigan State like to use their running backs kind of out of the backfield at times. And, and they could trust guys like Hayward to lead block. And they could trust guys to create mismatches. Now, will they do that as much in this game? I don't know if they will. I don't know if they will, but they do like to use motion. And out of 21 personnel, sometimes they'll bring in a guy like Naylor into the backfield. And they'll give him a carry, for example. and then they'll Or they'll motion him out wide. Or they'll motion him into the slot. And they'll ID things. 
and, and, and they will make you adjust on the fly. They're also a thing that they absolutely love. Absolutely love, love, love to use no huddle. So they run up-tempo stuff about, you can count about 45% of the time. And, and they, they do do that to a degree. So, so they're going to they're gonna keep it up a little bit. It's not going to be a ton, but it will be there. And, and so you're going to have to adjust the tempos. You're going to have to adjust the misdirection. You're going to have to adjust different personnel groupings. And you're going to have to adjust to, hey, this is what this is. And here's the thing. When you look at guys like John Patrician, who are going to be out there in the slot, for example, that dude's going to be out there. And they're going to attack Patrician out in the slot when he's there. Or they're going to attack Cam Bright. They're going to attack Phil Campbell. Because they see those guys and they say, that can be a mismatch for us. That's that's a mismatch because we know if we can get a guy like Naylor out of the backfield, put him in the near slot, and get Patrician on him. One, you're either blitzing and you're not replacing that guy down 10 yards so we can hit you on a five-yard curl let our speedy guy make things happen after the catch and hope he gets a big play or we get a seven-yard game regardless so it doesn't really matter we win anyways it, or they'll hit you with with a quick out to the outside use Naylor as a decoy hit the guy in the slot hand the ball off at least try to establish it and don't make Thorne a threat as well so you have to account for him so it's nothing crazy. Again, it's nothing crazy. Read options, nothing crazy. The stuff's nothing crazy. 21 personnel might be a little bit unique in kind of how he uses it and how he can use his his wide receivers in these pseudo ways. But that's about the most unique thing here. It's nothing crazy. It's basic down to good earth schematics. And Pitt's going to be tested here. And, and the linebackers are going to be tested against guys and mismatches. And they're going to have to look out for that. And I think that's going to be something you look at and you're going to have to watch and you say, that's what we need to watch big time. And that's the biggest thing here, I think, in this matchup on the schematic side of things. All right, folks. That's all here for Locked On Pit today. As always, thanks for listening. And folks, hail to Pit.